This is Block Time. I'm Michael Tidwell. And this is Michael B. Casey. And today we're joined with Jeremy Gardner. Jeremy, please introduce yourself again. <laughs> sure, thanks for having me. I got involved in this industry about four years ago. First, just hearing about Bitcoin, but then really picking up interest once I did a deep dive on the technology was what one would might call the one of the first uh, blockchain maximalists and that I really saw the underlying value of the blockchain being much more interesting than cryptocurrency to me from a ver very early stage. Um, I first founded the Blockchain Education Network, uh, which is a global network of Bitcoin and blockchain clubs all around the world. You may have seen some of our students prancing around here. Uh, I Then I dropped out of school, actually, and founded Augur, the decentralized prediction market, on top of it. How old are you? If you don't mind me asking. Just turned 25. Wow. Uh, then, yeah, then, then, then after the crowd sale for Augur, you know, there was two years of development left, not much for me to do. And I got offered a role as entrepreneur in residence at Blockchain Capital, where I've been for the past year and a half. And actually just recently founded a new uh, data securitization and auditing startup. Cool. Hey, just to let everybody know, it's about to get really loud uh, because uh, Patrick Whoa, Burns we, is letting out. So yeah, we can, we can. Please we can, excuse that. Yeah. Um, I'm very loud as well. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, we're, I, 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 think, I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be okay. Um, anyways, uh, there's a couple things to explore. So first off, um, the first time I met you was at, uh, or the first time I saw you was at the Nashville like music blockchain conference. Oh, right after distributed health yeah. the next day, and I did a VC panel. That's yeah. right. And then you were also a judge on the yesterday's the, the, hackathon. Yeah, I, I, I'm like I, I could have added that to my long list of random job titles, yeah. but I do a lot of hackathon judging. Yeah. <laughs> do, uh, do you travel a lot? Do you give talks? Like, what? yeah, I mean, I travel all over. You know, I like to be paid to travel, but you know. I'll travel if there's an interesting location. Like I'd never been to Atlanta before, so oh, welcome. Uh, so it seemed like a, a good opportunity to visit a new place. Uh, yeah, I, I travel. I'm on the road probably a third of the year, um, all over Asia, Europe, North America, primarily. Although I'm going to Africa for the first time in a couple months, head to Cape Town. So you you describe yourself as a blockchain maximalist. Care to expound on that a little bit? It's it's a very joking title. Obviously, I love Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, ETH, uh, but the notion that blockchains enable you to transfer any sort of value to anybody anywhere in the world with an internet connection, that to me is much more novel than like a currency that's independent of national governments. Uh, so how, how would you define a blockchain? What is a blockchain to you? So, uh, uh, blockchain is, and this is obviously one of the harder questions to answer, and we spent and we spent a lot of time trying to figure this out for distributed because you know you have these kind of consortium ledgers, uh, these uh, distri these distributed ledgers that aren't really blockchains, but a blockchain is, uh, in my view, and, and these consortium chains, I, I I don't consider them really blockchains, uh, but a public blockchain is a publicly a verifiable and cryptographically secure ledger and, and, and database of transactions. Very okay. simple. So, so one key characteristic is it has to be public. I so publicly verifiable. Okay. So, so now you can have these consortium blockchains. So I said this is what gets difficult. You can say, all right, theoretically you could have these like hyperledger, which is not a public blockchain, but it is still theoretically a blockchain. We'll see how the consensus ends up working. 
but you know, consensus has to be uh, uh, it has to be verifiable. Uh, the whole idea of a blockchain is that it's audible and it's transparent. So, um, uh, you know, I've I've done a lot of thinking about this, a lot of kind of soul searching recently, yeah. and 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 uh, to me, it seems like public blockchains, like when Ethereum switches over in Casper, it'll become a proof of stake blockchain. Yeah, that seems to have a lot in kin with just like a widely decentralized, distributed uh, consortium blockchain. Because in effect, I mean, proof of stake is just like a very, very broad consortium, right? That's that's not how I think. That's the first time I've heard it pitched that way. Um, I mean, I just was thinking about it, and I was like, it's you know, kind of the same, right? The, the thing about consortium blockchains is that they have there's edit accesses uh, uh, permission. So you know, you like the people that right. participate and, and the people that uh, that submit to the ledger are chosen entities. That's not your proof of stake. Well, it's still true. public and that's, totally it's accessible. True. It's still public and totally accessible, but it works a lot like because it doesn't sure. have the proof of work, so it's reliant on consensus among the participants sure. rather than yeah sure okay, and, po and, and, and polka and polka dot gav woods on a new project by one of my portfolio companies ethcore you know it's going to be uh linked to the ethereum blockchain uh but what it allows is something called proof of authority which allows for public well all right so privately kind of um enabled uh consortium chains with uh, the public security of, of Ethereum. Well, that's really that's cool. actually different than what I've heard proof of authority as. The only time I've ever heard proof of authority, that was an Ethereum instance where you set it up as a proof of authority to where it was, in fact, a private Ethereum instance. So that's that, kind of what it is, but it's secured by the Ethereum blockchain or the Pokotop well, blockchain. So, so is that because it's it's hashed back to Ethereum or what? How does that work? You know, d d d d I have, I've read the white paper. And I meant to read it five more times, but the first time was hard enough. But it's called Polkadot, yeah, so po we can read about yes, it. Okay. Yeah, and, 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 the, and the, they are doing a token sale of some sort and, and in the I'm future. And I'm sorry, who, who is it working on that again? Gav Wood, Gav who, is, Wood. Uh, okay. who is one of the co-founders of Ethereum, wrote cool. the yellow paper. Okay, good. Thank you. Cool. Uh, just, just real quick, uh, I mean, I'd like to know, what, what was your take on some of the hackathon entries and uh, did... Did did you like the result? Like uh, I know, like first place was like Dead Man Block. Uh, we so, had the open so bizarre one. I I was I was really impressed by the breadth and the technical kind of demonstrations that th that came out of the hackathon. You know, a couple of hackathons I've judged. I say like maybe like a quarter of the hackathons I've judged. I've actually ended up investing in companies I've come out of them and, and, and you know, they're all still around. So I have, so that's kind of the standard I hold hacks to. Like, I really would love to have can, something. Can you name a couple of those? Yeah, so one one is called, um, well, it's called Zendit and they started as a Bitcoin remittance play. They actually, uh, they, they then ended, entered Y Combinator, the super prestigious kind of a startup accelerator in San Francisco. Uh, and they ended up uh, actually pivoting out of the blockchain space because uh, the Bitcoin remittances were just not efficient enough for them or cheap enough. Uh, but they're they're like now the like PayPal of Indonesia. But they just had their Series A uh, led by Excel, uh, Excel partners, which is cool. Great. Uh, any others? Yeah, there, well, there's one that I actually, that I'm, I joined as a co-founder of that came out of the Nashville hackathon uh, and we're, we call ourselves Sava and it's uh, it's a data securitization and auditing application started with uh uh, secure appointment bookings for VA hospital so, but has since expanded to a whole bunch more stuff interesting yeah 
But but I thought that the submissions were really good. Um, it was very cool to see people having like real Ethereum uh, dApps. You know, in the past, you know, people thought they were going to be able to teach themselves to code on Ethereum in a 24-hour period. It's hard. Yeah, that's that's just a fallacious belief. <laughs> uh, but but now it seemed that we had people that were experienced in coding on Ethereum, and we saw real decentralized applications and other cool smart contract-enabled uh, tools built on top of Ethereum. Which is always fun to see. So, if you don't mind, can we get your definition uh, of a of a blockchain? Because everyone has a different. Got to cover that. Oh, we did. <laughs> I can try. I can try it more succinctly. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it's it is a publicly verifiable cryptographic I, ledger. I, I guess. I guess. Well, the one thing I didn't hit. Sorry about that. Because you did. You did explain. Do, uh, does that also include? Um, like I guess what consensus algorithms like proof of stake, proof of work, and also I want to hear your opinion on like which one you think superior or, or if there is one. I uh, so I think proof of stake yes is a blockchain, but proof of stake uh, it's just a consensus mechanism. So it doesn't change the fact that it's still the ledger that's cryptographically secure and publicly verifiable. So yes, uh, proof of stake is still a blockchain. Um, uh, do I think it's better? In theory, absolutely. The idea that we don't have to use the amount of energy that the thousand biggest supercomputers in the world use, or like more than the entire nation of Ireland uses, uh, to, to to secure the Bitcoin network. That's nice. I'm an environmentalist. I I, I don't like carbon output. Uh, so. In theory, uh, proof of stake is superior, but we've yet to see it work well. So yeah, that's that's an important point. I mean, I've never seen it, and, and I've never been able to get a good answer to the question about proof of stake that I have. Is is basically because of the way it operates as a consensus mechanism. If you did have collusion of fifty one percent of the participants, they could not only change the present, they could also change the historical transaction. Well, that's true. With uh, proof up until, of work as well. Yeah. Well, no, it's not because proof of work means you would have to go all. All the way back into history and then race against the network. So if you have 51%, you can't affect the past. You can if only you, change the future a 50, slightly. A 51% attack on a proof of stake or proof of work blockchain would be an existential threat to that blockchain's existence. I, I don't think so for proof of work. Honestly, I really don't. Because proof of work, there's very limited things you can do with a 51%. How, so, I mean, this is the first time I've ever heard that because in the early days of Bitcoin, uh, back in the day, I remember all the time that was a constant threat. People were always concerned about a 51% attack. I don't hear about it anymore because well, the hash I mean, it's not a 51% attack they're worried about. It's persistent 51%. So, so I mean, but the, the difference between a proof of stake and a proof of work is in a proof of stake system, they can actually rewrite history if they get over 51%. In a proof of work system, all they can do is attempt a double spend. Because yeah. they can't spend anybody else's money. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it, it's one of these things that, once again, if uh, it's a Byzantine I mean, general problem. It's just a question that I have. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would say a 50, I still am of the opinion that 51% attack on either network would destroy the value of the blockchain. Well, I mean, it very well could destroy the value of the blockchain, but you could not rewrite the history in the sure. blockchain today. Sure, but yeah, if, so, yeah if, but if no, no, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying it's not a threat. I'm yeah. just saying it seems to me to be much more uh, of a threat than a proof of stake solution. But you, you have to believe that the Byzantine general's problem it can be solved. I don't believe you can have that sort of collusion in a blockchain network because there's there are too many participants. Okay, well, I mean, 
All right. Well, if that's your belief, then. Well, I mean, it, I mean, that's the game theory that underlies blockchain technology. I it's mean, it's just it's just a centralization risk and extremes. So, so well, but the yeah. centralization risk in POS is significantly reduced because all of a sudden, all that you need to verify validate transactions is the token itself. You don't have to have super expensive uh, mining. Equipment. Well, that's true, but you can never be sure there's not an excessive amount of centralization because of the anonymity of the token. I only oh. really see the token. I don't know who owns it, but yeah. Anyway. One thing I'd like to bring up, uh, so I, I did kind of agree, but I learned about stake grinding. Uh, do you know about the stake grinding potential issue with uh, POS? No, and we probably shouldn't get into deep okay. technical analysis. Cool. That's, that's fine. That, that, yeah. No, that's okay. I, if you're I, not comfortable, I can get, that's I can fine. get Vlad Zamfir yeah, on your yeah. show, though, and well, we, he's the one writing Casper. We, we talked to... Uh, same Vlad. Yeah, yeah, same Vlad. Yeah. We, yeah. we were talking to Andrew, so we were asking him these questions. He referred us to Vlad. But yeah, it's just, Vlad, I, I Vlad's the guy you want to talk to. Cool, yeah, and that's and that's fine. We pretty much... We've kind of broached the extent of my knowledge. Fair enough. Yeah, that's fine. Thank you for answering, though. Appreciate it. Yeah, well... I'm curious. What uh, you you want to just ask random questions, or sure. how, how do you want to take this? I'm an open book. Uh, what do you want to talk about? Then? Well, uh, what what's some of these uh, new? So, arguably, and I didn't really catch like exactly what you do uh, as far as like day to day or whatever. But you're also like scouting out still and and looking for good companies to invest in. Of course, yeah. Um, what what's what's really hit your radar recently as far as like. You know, anything from this hackathon that came up or anything from like the last month? What, what's going on? You know, the, the, I think the, the blockchain industry is at this very interesting um, moment in time where a lot of the early use cases either have been um, thrown out because they didn't work or, or they're, they're being validated now and you're seeing real proof of concepts being realized with Fortune 500 companies uh, turning into live trials such as Chain's partnership with Visa for uh, uh, Visa B2B to Connect and, and, and you know, DAH's partnership with uh, uh, the Australian Stock Exchange. So, so the blockchains are becoming real. On the other hand, however, there's less room for what I would call amateurism. Uh, you know, a lot of the early uh, uh, Bitcoin and blockchain entrepreneurs were just guys that were ideologically aligned with, with what Bitcoin was. But they didn't really know how to run a business. And, you know, most of it was kind of built around uh, fintech. Now, as the, the, the use cases for blockchain uh, technology really expand to every single industry, as you'll see in uh, distributed, uh, the, there is a lot more opportunity, but it requires more professionalism in my view if you're going to be starting a company in this space and like healthcare you need someone that's worked in healthcare before if you're going to do something in real estate you need to work with someone that's been in real estate and, and hopefully an executive yeah. um, so so where do you see the space going uh i think that i see this this i see uh blockchain the blockchain industry really not being an industry it's like kind of like the internet there's no internet industry it, 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 it's a multiplicity of applications that exists across every major industry it, 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 it's mind-boggling to me but I see what we what we're at right now is that at the top of an iceberg and you know how icebergs are structured you know you have this the massive flow underneath under, the water yes, yeah. and we, we haven't dug in yet sorry uh, 
What, so you, you're talking about some use cases just a second ago. What, what do you think about uh, proof of existence type use cases? Like what I did with oh, uh, Tyrion. I, I love proof of existence. I mean, like I said, I was a big fan of your project. Oh, thank uh, you. Uh, I said I'd send you along to Way my to folks over at Shell. Uh, I, I was just curious. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. It, it, proof of existence is great. Uh, you know, that's pretty much what I'm using for my new startup, which is data securitization and auditing. We're hashing to the block blockchain to create an immutable record of, of, of databases. And when you say the blockchain, do you mean Bitcoin or yeah. okay? Uh, and then and then we're we're using actually one of my portfolio companies' technologies, Tyrion, which allows Great. you, which you're very yeah. very familiar with, creating Merkle roots. Great startup. I, I love Tyrion. And then we also have another company called Stampery, which is doing digital notarization. But all along the same lines of using the immutability of the blockchain. Yeah, I can't find one judge that hasn't like came up to me and talked to me and like said I did a good job. Yeah, well, that's yet that's you didn't win. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 the thing was, is you were, you were, you were, you're, you're, you were pretty much tied uh, for third ish. It was, it was just. I was weird. bubble. I was on the bubble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, were, you, 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 were, you were definitely debated. Um, uh, I still but, don't know what you did. But, but, but the, the real thing. <laughs> it's was, a mystery, Mike. Additionally, like you know, like. Like we could have given you the honorable mention, but considering that there were two no, of us, at no, one, you you'd have to give the the bit yeah, script yeah, guys yeah. honorable mention. Yeah, they they actually were doing something amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, Jason and, Dreisner, and by the way. Two of the judges, and myself included, knew that we could actually help you with your project if you were interested, which is much more significant than getting like a couple hundred bucks. Oh yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to be in contact uh, with whoever wants to help me push this forward. So, All right now, yeah. I have to figure that out. All right, we'll we'll talk about it later. Yeah, but um, any I I mean we can we can ask. Him, I mean, how do you think? How do you think uh, Augur's doing? I mean, what, what do you think about Augur? That's one of the companies uh, that you're into. I am as bullish as ever on Augur. I, decentralized prediction markets are one of the best use cases for blockchain technology, in my view. Um, I'm incredibly excited for it to launch. You know, I would really like to see what it has to say about the ETF right now. <laughs> okay, I'm hoping that Augur will launch in the summer. Fifteen percent. I heard so, earlier. So super, super excited. ETF, not bullish. Uh, you know, my firm just hired Spencer Bogart, who's over at Needham & Co., one of the best Bitcoin analysts um, in the industry, if not the best, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, he's looking at this. He knows he knows Wall Street. He worked at a boutique investment bank. He knows how these ETFs work. So it's very low probability of the ETF getting approved. That being said, I am buying more Bitcoin right now just to hedge because the potential upside is it's so enormous. tremendous it and is. we will never go back to $1,000 a coin if, if that ETF gets approved. All right. Do you think if it does not get approved, it will be before March 11th? I know nothing about SEC rulings. Mike, if you want to comment. I don't oh, think well, I mean, well, I don't March know 11th either. is a I mean, Saturday, isn't like, it? It has to be. Is it a Saturday? I'm pretty sure it's a Saturday. Um, oh, God. March 11th is the drop-dead date. Um, no, 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 no. March 11th, if they don't make a no, rule, no, sorry, yeah, it auto-passes. Exactly. But it that's it, never happened in March the March 11th is a Saturday. Yeah, You're yeah. right. We'll see, this <laughs> so it'll definitely happen <laughs> before. Is, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> On Friday, we should because, know. Because the SEC has never once uh, approved Although, through non-action. Non I could see an argument for that happening this time. Because oh, for no, sure. You know, nobody wants to kill it, but nobody wants to be the guy to approve it. That's exactly <laughs> right. That's yeah. You don't want to be a stifler of innovation, but you also don't want to have been the enabler of some, like, that's very Scam, possible, yeah. but again, you know, I, at this point, I would give it 50-50. I, I would love to ask you real quick, what do you consider a scam in the blockchain space? Uh, 
what do I, I, I scam in the blockchain space and, and see this is a problem the Bitcoin uncensored guys make everything that isn't a, a, a Bitcoin oh, you mean you mean the cult scam. the cult which is Bitcoin uncensored yeah, yeah I right? mean yeah I mean those guys don't do yeah those guys uh, are awful uh, m much service for the industry but you know they've yeah. got a large audience uh, I I don't think their audience listens to this so we're good yeah I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not terribly concerned uh, but <laughs> okay. you know the, the, the thing is is that uh, <clears throat> In startups, it's very easy to fail. And failing is not scamming. That, that is an important distinction. And experimentation with new, te new technologies is also not scamming. Scamming is either intentionally or unintentionally deceive deceiving people uh, and, then, and then taking their money as a result. That is, that is a scam. So, so unintentionally deceiving people? Yes. Is a scam as well. So it, I it, would say yes, it, 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 it's whether the deceit occurs, it, it, whether you misspeak and the people lose their money as yeah, a result. I mean, it doesn't matter if it was intentional. Is, the question is, what if you don't know any better? Not, not a matter like, what if of you don't know you're scamming? Like, literally, you don't you, know you, what you're doing. You should Can't. not take people's money unless you have lawyers. That, <laughs> that, 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 that is what I have to say. Now, if you're lawyers... Go and say so what like you're doing is perfectly legal. 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 Hey, okay. You should not be in the business of taking money unless you are a lawyer. What do you Every think? Time. What do you think about Charlie Shroom and Granger doing what they're doing? Uh, Charlie, so Charlie and I have this very interesting relationship. Um, I actually didn't know. I, I knew who Charlie was obviously in the early days, but I was still in college when he got arrested, and I actually ended up uh, becoming close friends with him before he went to jail when he was on house arrest. We, we hung out every time I was in New York. We've hung out a bunch since. I hung out with him and his fiance right after they got engaged. I'm really close with them. I like what they're doing. You know, my my firm just announced something similar. We're we're doing uh we're doing a VC token. Uh, we're 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 offering an LP interest in our fund. Uh, the, the, but but we are we are actually registering in the United States, and you know they are not. It's it's a different tactic. Um, I am not a lawyer. Uh. But I, I think what they're doing is good. It's innovative. They are not scamming anyone. Uh, you know, the, what they're providing is a u useful service. And so, you know, different people have different views on, on what is legal and what is not. I think in this space, it's a massive gray area. So it's very difficult to say what is illegal. I mean, it's not illegal until the SEC decides it's illegal. Uh, what, so besides Bitcoin and Ethereum, what, what, all, what other blockchain projects do you like? So uh, as far I, as public, so so if you if you're talking about like protocol tokens, um, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty uh, limited. I like Bitcoin. I like Ethereum. I just backed a project out of uh, Shanghai called Qtum or Quantum. Um, I backed them not because they they use they use the Ethereum virtual machine and then the UTXO model of Bitcoin. Uh, it's a very interesting hybrid that I think. In many likelihoods, won't actually be successful in the West, but the East Asian market is so massive that there's plenty of opportunity there, and they have the, probably the best development team in the East can, Asia. Can you talk a little? Oh, oh sorry. What about uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, privacy-focused coins like uh, the, the like Monero Dash? Monero Dash and you know those, Dash. So I'm not 
I'm not like once again, I'm not a particularly ardent libertarian or anarchist. So those those are things I value less than others. Um, I think they're they're cool tools, but I think is, I mean not forget about anonymity. Do yeah. you think fungibility is important to achieve at some point? Yes. Okay. And so you know, Adam Back has a proposal for for uh, anonymous transactions on Bitcoin. There are similar proposals in Ethereum, and you know, I'd rather there not be too many uh, blockchains that exist fo solely for the purpose of uh, money. Uh, you know, I like Bitcoin as like a digital gold, and then, you know, I think most of these things can be provided on the the blockchains that exist. But you know, I know a lot of people that are really into Monero and Dash, and you know, I I I, I think they're. Uh, they're interesting projects. I don't own any of them. So, so you said like you're not some like crazy hardcore libertarian or whatever. Yeah. Um, so why is like really like fungibility important to, uh, to you? Well, fungibility is important even to large financial in financial institutions or governments. Uh, financial privacy should be a human right. I mean, I, I, I think that's true. But, you know, is, is it an, a guaranteed right on a blockchain? No, probably not. Uh, but, but like I, I think people should have the right to anonymity. And the idea of having financial anonymity in a growingly kind of big brotherish Orwellian world is definitely appealing and I support people's right to have that. Uh, just to me, I realized that I got in a lot of trouble when I was growing up and uh, I learned I'm just not good at staying out of trouble. So like, if I, like I, I live my life totally openly. I don't do anything that I think would ever like be cause for investigation or trouble and, and that's kind of how I stay kind of uh, from from repeating my childhood, <laughs> but but but, but I, I do see the value that people see even outside of black market uses. Of course, I I still want to know a little bit more about that Asian uh, startup Quantum or yeah, whatever. Quantum, yeah. Uh, Great can, team. can you talk about that just a little sure. bit? Sure, as much a, as you can. They, they've got a partner with the PwC. Like I said, they they use the Ethereum virtual machine. It's PwC, sorry. Uh, Price Waterhouse Cooper. Cooper. Oh, okay. one, one of the largest consultancies and accountancies in the world. Is that one of the big four? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I think okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know the, the 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 CEO was at IBM for a long time. They've got the most technically proficient development team I have seen come out uh, come out of East Asia, uh, and I, I I really am excited to see what they do because if we've learned anything over the past twenty years about uh, about taking a, a technology and bringing it over to, to China, it doesn't really happen. You know, they, they create their compet a competitor and it flourishes. You know, as long as they have the government system that they have today, that's probably going to remain true, even maybe with uh, cryptocurrencies. My dad's a Chinese historian, and so I kind of base a lot of my understanding of China off of what I've learned from him. And uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm fairly bullish that this will be successful in China and, and really with such a large economy and a digitally savvy population, it has the potential to be really successful. Someone in the channel just asked, uh, what happened with Patrick D Dye or Dow? Yeah, I, so I, I've looked into that. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. It sounds like he, he's been accused of scamming uh, some people a couple of years ago, but he's, he's a, a member of the team, you know. The unfortunate thing about this space is that, like, you know, a lot of people got caught up in bad situations early on. Like, like Charlie, great guy, but got in a bad situation. I don't know, but I'm not, I, I was never, I never invested in QTUM in, in based off of Patrick Dyer, whoever this guy is. I, I, I know, I know, I, I know DJ 
um, from VChain. I know John Sienna. He was one of the students from my nonprofit. And they've been to my house. We've sat down repeatedly. And I, I trust the team. You know, they may have, they may have an unsavory character on board. I, I haven't looked into it enough. But that doesn't disqualify the project, and it does not make the project a scam. Another question? Uh, oh. No. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, oh, anyways, uh, Jeremy, where can people find out more information about you? If That's a good question. Um, I mean, LinkedIn is uh, Twitter. I, I'm sure, often opining on random shit. Uh, those are the best places. Don't add me on Facebook. I won't accept you if I haven't met you before. Uh, although you can follow me on Facebook, I sometimes post interesting things. Uh, yeah, I think I think uh, Twitter is the best place to kind of follow my activities. I blog on Medium occasionally, and I also write op-eds for uh, Bitcoin Magazine. Uh, so you know, I'm, I, 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 you can find me. But definitely, if you can, pick up a copy of Distributed because that is pretty much 108 pages of my views on blockchain technology. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Very much, yeah, Jeremy. thanks. Thanks for being on Block Time. Absolutely, thank guys. you guys. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks.